time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. A few years back, my wife and I had a chance to go to Jamaica to celebrate our 25th wedding anniversary. And we'd been saving up points on our credit card and saving up money and really planning on this. And when we finally got around to booking the vacation, our travel agent was able to find a special deal for us that included in the price of our going to Jamaica, we got to be flying first class. Now, this travel agent was working through our point system, and she recognized that this was kind of a once-in-a-lifetime trip for us. And uh, here we were headed out for our 25th wedding anniversary, and she wanted to make it special. So she rounded up this deal. We got to fly first class. So, you know, we were looking forward to that, had never done it before, had seen the people in first class, but I'd never been up there. And so uh, there we were getting ready to check in. And as we walked up to the gate, we realized there was a problem. Now, the problem wasn't for us. The problem was that there was a, a glitch in their system earlier in the day, and it had backed up the line for the tickets. And as we were standing in line, as I always do, I realized that I didn't have to stand there, that I was flying first class. There was a special place for me to check in. And so I pulled my wife and I out of line and we went to the first class check in, immediately went up, dropped off our bags, got our tickets and headed for the gate. When we were on the plane, seated in first class, we realized how many people had missed their flight because they didn't have the same opportunity as me. And so I was feeling very fortunate. And we had some struggles in first class, like we wa- we weren't sure what it meant when they asked if I would be dining with them. And I realized that that was part of the deal, that we were going to get food on that trip. And then I heard them announce to the rest of the, uh, the the airplane that there was no food available to them. And here I was eating this delicious meal and in these very nice seats, comfortable seats. And I'd flown a lot before. So it's not like this was one of my first flights, but it was my first flight in first class. I'd been used to being back in the back uh, where I was cramped. I'm six feet four. I barely fit in the seat as it is. My knees are always up against that seat in front of me. And so I was feeling this great deal of of comfort. And, And it made me think about the people who have said to me, I will never fly anything but first class. And after it was over, I said, wow, I get that. You know, I get why it's so nice to fly first class. I still can't justify the expense. And so I've gone back to flying coach, but I sure did enjoy my moment in first class. Now, you may be wondering what that has to do with thriving. Well, it's the downside of thriving when we get to that place where we not just enjoy some luxury, but we expect that luxury. And think about how much that happens in our everyday life. Think about comfortable chairs. We have these great comfortable chairs that some of us own and some of us go to work and sit in all day. And those comfortable chairs are just, you know, so plush and so comfortable and we just want to sink down into them until we realize that those comfortable chairs are part of the issue in our country where we're dying from sitting too much. We're bringing on early demise in our lives because we sit too much. We're not active enough. We're not moving around enough. And those comfortable chairs just lure us in. Or how about those luxury foods? You know, when we go to that nice restaurant and all oh, the, the creme brulee is so good or the steak is so good or the cream sauces are so good and all those luxury things that we uh, sometimes not just come to uh, relish but come to expect on an everyday basis. You know what I mean. When when we're no longer wanting just that that everyday piece but the everyday becomes the luxury piece. And here's the problem. Our diet 
has led to so many diet-based illnesses at alarming rates. People are dying from eating too good food, too rich food, and, and yet that begins to be our everyday expectation, not just the special occasion, but it's what we expect. In fact, I've talked with people who said, you know, I, I have very simple taste, only the best, and only the best has begun to be something they've gotten used to. How about shoes on your feet? We've worked on having these shoes that just put us in comfort wherever we walk. And yet we've realized over the years that perhaps it's all of the comfort in those shoes, think about running shoes, that have allowed our feet to atrophy to the point that we can't walk around without those shoes on because our feet don't know what to do when they actually have to use the muscles and use those bones that have had a chance to relax into the comfort. I say that having been a runner who suffered from foot problems and and leg problems for so long until I finally realized that making it a more comfortable, more padded shoe wasn't helping my issues. It was making them worse. The more comfortable my shoe became, the more I was likely to be injured from running. And I realized there was something wrong here because Here I was doing something that my ancestors did every day for survival and did it for miles and miles and miles and miles, and yet I was injuring myself just running a little bit every week, and I knew something was wrong, and I knew it couldn't be just the foot structure because that foot structure hasn't changed a whole lot, but what has changed a great deal is how those feet, the muscles in those feet, have been developed or lack of development due to our shoes. In other words, in some ways, the more comfortable we've become, The more weak we've become, the more our body has atrophied, the more comfortable we've become, the more uncomfortable we are for discomfort. And I don't think this is just about physical stuff. I believe that we are at a place where people believe that there should be no discomfort in life, that we should always be in the lap of luxury and always feeling good and always feeling um, that we're surrounded by comfort. In fact, there have been theologies that have developed around this and belief systems that have developed around the fact that if you're uncomfortable, something must be wrong. And I believe that people even go through that at work. Um, we were talking, my wife and I were talking about somebody who was talking about work and said, you know, if you, if you don't like what you're doing, if you're uncomfortable there, there's no reason for you to stay. And I believe that sometimes the discomfort leads us to places of growth. Maybe it is time to leave a job, but not just because you're a little uncomfortable at some point, because that's just the nature of life. Life is going to bring us discomfort. The question is what we do with that. Which brings us to the idea of habituation. If you're familiar with habituation, habituation is the fact that we get used to whatever surrounds us. And habituation is good and bad. We habituate, it becomes habitual, and, and it becomes just normal. Whether it's good or bad, it becomes just normal. This is the reason why we know that when bad things happen to people, over time they generally return to their normal state of happiness. And so wherever that was before, they're likely to return to it. And the same thing if there is a great windfall, they generally return to a certain level of emotional stability. And it happens also in our physical surroundings. Uh, It happens if we move to a nice new house. That nice new house is so exciting for a while, and then that nice new house just becomes the house. Or you get a new car, and you love driving around in that car, and then eventually it just becomes the car. I have a paddleboard. 
Now I have a second paddleboard. And the reason for the second paddleboard is because my first one just didn't quite do what I thought it would. And so I had to bump up. I had to get one that was inflatable. And now I'm looking at another one that's a touring one. Do I really need it? I mean, when I really think about it, do I really need it? No, no. But those other two boards have just become the everyday. They were exciting at first, but they've become the everyday. And you can think of so many places in your life, and I can think of them in my own life, where we just have gotten so used to something that we have lost track of it and it becomes the habitual. That's the same with our food. You know, if you change your diet to a much more stark diet, in the beginning, you're going to be upset with that and frustrated with it and not liking the taste of it. But over time, you get used to it. Think about it just with coffee, for instance. People who are used to putting cream and sugar in it and and having kind of a, a little coffee with their cream and sugar can eventually get to the place where they enjoy the taste of black coffee by backing off a little by little and habituating to that level over time. And this is true with so many things, whether it's difficulties or luxuries, whether it's a change in habit or a change in lifestyle or a change in any place in your life, eventually you get used to it. This happens throughout our life. Now, here's the thing. Habituation can be helpful and it can be harmful. In some ways, I would say habituation is a bitch, right? Because if it's something that you've moved into, habituation is something, maybe you've moved into a new environment and in the beginning, you're so glad to be in that new environment and then it just becomes the normal. It's become a bitch, right? It's just back to that same normal stuff. And if something bad happens along the way, you're going to get used to it. Let's say you have something that uh, creates an injury for you and over time, you learn to deal with that injury, And you habituate to that and it just becomes part of the normal. So how do we deal with that? How do we deal with the fact that we tend to get used to whatever it is, whether it's moving in one way or the other? Well, if you're moving down, the nice thing is, you know, if something bad happens in life, the nice thing is to remember that you're going to be okay and used to whatever happens. Now, the other side of that is that if you step up into something new, you have a raise and you think, wow, that raise, we're going to have so much more money. And then suddenly you realize that the bills have expanded into that that area of the raise. You know, I call it the gas law of bills, that they'll take up whatever space you have in your income. And then suddenly you're right back to where you were. And, and in so many ways, what happens is we get used to the better. I have a friend who has decided he will never fly again unless it's first class. That's the only way he's ever going to fly. And I thought, wow, that really limits the options. Because if you can't afford to fly first class, then you can't go travel. And how sad that that's the limit. Now, if he can afford it, that's great. But if that keeps him from enjoying life, how sad. In the ancient Greek and Roman days of the philosophers, there were some who believed that you should stay as simple as possible, particularly the Cynics and the Stoics, believed that you should stay away from the excesses. The Cynics, more than anyone else, they refused to wear heavy coats and garments when it was cold. They had a simple garment and simple footwear, if any footwear, and they ate very simply as a way of not getting caught up in that desire for more and more. And the Stoics believe the same thing, that you had to be careful about taking in and making it a habit of all of the luxuries, because when that happened, you lost touch with the discomfort. And the the philosophers in, in Greece and Rome were well aware of the fact that life was going to dish out lots of discomfort. No way around that. And so the philosophers built some ways of getting used to that discomfort. 
Some of them believe that uh, some discomfort in life could inoculate you from being overwhelmed when discomfort came your way. And kind of think about how that is so true. You know, if we push through discomforts, we are better prepared for that next discomfort. I kind of think of it like those running shoes. If we allow those running shoes to have atrophied our feet, then when we finally have to run, we're going to injure those feet because they're not ready for the impact. They're not ready for the stretching. They're not ready for the exercise. But if along the way we don't rely on that so much and our feet have a chance to to strengthen because of some discomfort, because of putting them through the normal and not the all-everyday comfort, then it's an inoculation for when we need that. An inoculation is when you take a small substance of something to keep you from having a bad substance down the road. We use it in medicine, right? You get a small bit of uh, the crippled flu in order to have your body respond and get ready if the flu virus gets into your system. And the same with same thing with polio and so many other illnesses that we've created an inoculation. But what if you can inoculate yourself by allowing yourself to be discomfort in discomfort every now and then? To deal with the life discomfort that comes your way, allowing yourself to deal with the uncomfortable right now is one way of doing that. In small ways, we learn to tolerate the discomforts. I brought that into my own life, and and I will say that I do enjoy comfort. And so I, I recognize that my enjoyment of comfort is to make sure that I have also reminded myself of the discomfort. There are several ways I do that. For instance, twice a year I have an event that is no fun. I don't think it's fun for anyone, and that's going to the dentist for a cleaning and all that stuff. Usually when I'm sitting in the the chair, I realize that I am really tensed up and and really dreading that cleaning. And I realized one day that I could use that time of practicing, of living through and breathing through the discomfort. And so I sit there and make sure that I am mindful as I'm being put into discomfort with being breathing and relaxing myself and focusing and trying to stay away from the experience of that discomfort. I can't avoid the physical part of that, but I can avoid the psychological part of being tense and and frustrated by that. Or another way, I learned to shower uh, in a way that reserved the the water. And you may know this in, in lots of different terms. So it's basically I would wet my body down, turn off the water and lather up and then rinse it off. And it takes a lot less time for me to shower that way. I know I'm preserving water. And it got me used to doing that when I was in India, when I was uh, out west in, in more desert environments, and when I was in the Dominican Republic, where there just wasn't enough water. One of the things I realized about that was I wasn't left standing in a warm, warm shower trying to get the comfort of a warm shower. Now, admittedly, every now and then I take a warm shower just to feel the comfort. But on everyday basis, I use that shower as a way of being a little chilled, a little cool while I'm taking that shower as a way of just kind of understanding that the comfort isn't all that big of a deal. Also, a while back, I experimented with putting ice on my body. I've got a a vest that will hold ice packs. And one reason for that was because I'd read enough to understand that when your body gets used to cold, it changes how it functions, how it burns calories, and how it deals with uh, different hormones. And so I was really using that as kind of a body hacking experiment. But what I also recognized was in the midst of having that ice on, I actually had to tolerate the discomfort. And so I set a time limit and I wouldn't just quit because I was uncomfortable, but I would quit when the time was up as a way of understanding I could get through the discomfort and there was something on the other side of that discomfort. The same thing I do with walks. 
Uh, I walk barefoot most of the year. I, there are a few months that I just can't do it because my feet are cold. And uh, people in the neighborhood will often comment, oh, you're that person who walks barefoot. Of course, the interesting thing is my dog walking beside me walks every day barefoot, and they don't make a comment about that. But I walk without shoes on. And part of that is not because I don't notice the uh, pavement under me, but because that little discomfort that is still there after the skin is toughened up reminds me of the discomfort. And so I walk through the neighborhood uh, on long walks in the morning and, and usually in the evening without shoes on so that I am mindful of that discomfort. And usually even in the winter, I kind of underdress for the walking as a way of reminding myself to tolerate that and to get through that. I also remember that when I'm exercising and I and purposely make sure that I do a few exercises that make me a little uncomfortable, whether it's the stretching or you know getting the burn in the muscles or, or some other way that it makes me uncomfortable. And part of the reason is because I recognize that that's part of getting in shape. Many people tell me that they would be glad to exercise, but they get so uncomfortable when they're doing it and they hurt the few days later. And for me, that's just a matter of getting used to the fact that there is an uncomfortable process to growth and to change. Also with food, every now and then I just decide that I'm going to have a very plain meal, maybe just oatmeal or maybe a very simple soup. And I use that as a way of reflecting on the fact that I don't always have to be eating at the top of the food chain. I I can always go back to the simple. And what you realize is when you go back to the simple, the simple really can taste good. Now, the reason I do that is because I believe those are some inoculations of discomfort. And I believe that whenever we find a way of being a little uncomfortable here and there, we're better prepared when life throws us some discomfort. And part of what we're trying to do is get used to the fact that it's kind of a temporary thing, that life, we can move through life and the discomfort, discomfort of life, the uncomfortable moments of life that are, are normal and not make them Uh, as something to be feared, something to be avoided, but something to be embraced, that the discomfort is part of life and always, always a part of growth. So let's do a challenge together. Can we do this? Can we contemplate if we lost everything? Just contemplate on that. If we lost everything, that we could be okay. And the way we do this is focusing on that, focusing on the fact that if everything was lost, what would be left? And I often think about if I if I lost all of my income and I lost my house and I lost everything else and even maybe I lost some loved ones, what would I have and who would I be and how would I want to be? And then we're down to that place of character, the place of virtues. Can I live out those virtues and character even if I lost it all? And so I contemplate that sometimes of what that would be and maybe even for a day or so to try that. Sometimes when nobody's around, I turn the thermostat up or down and feel that discomfort that might happen if I had nothing else. And I eat very simply or skip a couple of meals to see what that would be like to remind myself that if that's as bad as it got, I'd be okay, that I can move through that. And so that reminds me not to hold too tightly to any success I might have, that it can all blow away very quickly. And if it did, that I could move through that. And I would move through that because I wouldn't be avoiding the discomfort. So can we do that? Can we contemplate what happens if we lost everything? Can we try small bits of discomfort? Maybe you have some other ideas of how you make yourself a little uncomfortable just so you're reminded about what that's about and so you inoculate yourself and to remind yourself that you would be okay even after that. Now, remember, there is, and this is something for us to remember, an upside and downside to habituation. And just to remember habituation in your life, that if things are really, really rough, it's okay. You'll get used to them and learn to ride them out. If things are really, really good, 
it'll become background and you have to remind yourself of what you have. And, and I really think that's the thing is, is when things are really going well, can you practice gratitude? And when things are not going so well, can you still practice gratitude and recognize that you continue to thrive in spite of things not going well? In fact, I would say you can thrive because some things have gotten difficult and you've taken them on and you've grown through that. Can you see life as it's, as it's not always going to be comfortable and easy? Can you see it as a place that is just part of the rhythm, that there are times when we're comfortable, there are times we're un, when we're uncomfortable, and both of those are normal parts of life. There's nothing different about one or the other. It's just different phases of our life. Sure, we would always like to be comfortable, but that's not the fact of life. So can we recognize that life can be a bit uncomfortable? And that that uncomfort is is pulling us towards some place of growth and newness. It's not about about measuring the the high places to use those you know oh I've got I make this much money that makes me who I am. But recognizing that those nice comfortable places around you are just things around you. That who you are is not about your income or your house size or the neighborhood or the car you're in. But what you carry within you, in your virtue, in your your character, and that's something you always have a choice about. And then that gives you a place to practice how to thrive in the discomfort, how to thrive in those uncomfortable moments, even when life is throwing something tough your way, instead of going, wow, life isn't fair, to be saying, wow, there's a lesson here for me to learn. And when things are going great, to remember there's a lesson to be learned that it can all strip away very quickly to enjoy it, to be grateful for it, but not to be pulled into it and fooled that that means there's something right about life. It just means that right now there's comfort. Not that there's not discomfort right around the corner, but that you can deal with that. And so many times we spend our life in fear of that discomfort. Discomfort is just a place of growth and just a place to move through. You can do it. I can do it. Let's inoculate ourselves and continue that task of learning that discomfort doesn't mean we're doing anything wrong. It just means we're at a place of growth. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best for a thriving life. You've been listening to the Thrivology Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thrivology.com or at thrivologymagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T-H-R-I-V-E-O-L-O-G-Y. It's your life. Time to live it.